0: Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hey listeners, welcome to Go Your Own Way, <laughs> the podcast where we all love each other very much. In bed. <laughs> yes. That Yes.
1: <laughs> you knew this I is... would say it.
0: You know, it's been a while since we've done an episode together, so I kind of forgot that you would say that.
1: Oh, oh, Peter, that so it was my a, heart. It was,
0: it was a nice surprise. <laughs> so that's Jen, who said in bed.
1: Of course.
0: And Eric is somewhere in the empty void of...
1: No, Eric is in bed. The
0: internet.
2: I am in bed. This oh. is true. I'm
0: I'm, and I'm Peter. in bed. I'm not in bed, but you can imagine that I am. Oh. In the garden of your mind, hmm. we
2: will.
1: I just dipped a graham cracker in my wine. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Good.
2: How are you feeling about this decision?
0: <laughs> was it a cinnamon graham cracker? Or just regular? No,
1: it's the Oreo graham cracker from the smoreo.
0: Oh, so listeners, uh, we're going to do a story called Studio Five. A mystery slash puzzle by AppDude27 on ChooseYourStory.com. Um, this was suggested to us by a fan of the show. Woo! Woo! I didn't know we do actually had those.
1: Fans?
0: We actually have fans. Well, at least one. <laughs>
1: Still counts. And
0: um, yes, so this was a story made by him. And if you're a fan of the show and you have a story for us to play, suggest it and we'll probably do it because we love you.
2: And we're bad at making decisions.
0: That too. In bed. Oh, I'm good at making decisions in bed. Oh.
2: But uh,
0: (laughs) unfortunately, we're not in bed this episode. Not generally, anyway. We're uh, we're in Studio 5, and uh, I'll read the description here before we get started. Uh, In Studio 5, you play the role of a film producer named John, who must find out. Why two of Hollywood's most famous celebrities have been brutally murdered right before your very eyes. What? Interrogate suspects, collect evidence, and solve puzzles as you try to figure out who did it. Mm -hmm. Chapter 1, The Beginning Ring, ring, ring! You instantly awaken to the sound of your iPhone ringing like an old-fashioned telephone right next to you. The ringtone reminds you of a retro movie that you produced a while back the movie itself became a huge box office hit. That retro movie was actually what kickstarted your career as a producer slash editor in the first place. It was also the first time you ever worked with Jim and Darlene. Jim Vaughn and Darlene Wilson are two of Hollywood's most executive celebrities, or excuse me, (laughs) most exclusive celebrities.
1: I want to know what an an executive
0: celebrity is. uh, I don't know. Uh, Jim is known for his action films, more specifically the new and latest rendition of James Bond. Ever since that movie, his personality has skyrocketed to an all-time ego. Interview talk shows and reporters constantly say that if there was an Oscar for Most Arrogant Actor, he would win across the board.
2: No. Against Marlon Brando? No. <laughs> Always Brando.
0: Darlene Wilson, on the other hand Is considered Hollywood's most classy woman She's constantly winning awards For Hollywood's best dressed Most interesting celebrities And even best cooking What really started her career, however Was a television show similar to Friends Her decade As one of the main characters on the show Allowed her to get a name for herself Eventually she started To do major motion pictures What made Jim and Darlene the best, however, was their chemistry on camera. Despite their constant bickering behind the scenes, they're always quite pleasant to work with. Tiredly, you turn over in bed and reach over to the iPhone on the nightstand. You read the caller ID, Jake Smith. Smith is your current boss and director for the new horror film he's making called The Monsters Within. Uh, wasn't there a TV show? Hmm. It's called Monsters Inside Me. I think that's what it was called. No, it's about parasites.
2: Oh, that like sounds real familiar. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, like people would yeah. have like maggots crawl out of their ears and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that show, which probably isn't airing anymore. <laughs> oh. According to E Magazine, Jake Smith is considered the modern day equivalent to to Tim Burton. Apparently, they even shared the same high school class. While Tim Burton's movies are more tame, however, Smith specializes more on the horror genre. He's not afraid to make his movies as bloody and gory as possible. When a popular talk show challenged Smith to produce a thriller instead of his typical run-of-the-mill horror, he decided to accept the challenge. Smith can be very demanding, especially when it comes to the smallest things. In Hollywood, he's known as the absolute absolute jerk of directing. Mostly because he has a tendency to fire at least one person every day, go on wild tantrums, and go in and out of anchor management rehab. Sounds like Michael Bay.
1: hmm
0: <laughs> Quickly, you pick up the phone. Hello, is John there? Smith asks in a demanding tone. So we finally have a decision to make. We can either say, he's not here, but if you leave a message, he can get back to you. Or we can say, how can I help you, boss?
2: feel like he probably knows he's calling your cell phone, right?
1: Yeah, but if you answer with a lady voice... <laughs> I don't know. That's what I would do. Except I'm a lady, but you so already I don't have know if I could voice. get away with it. <laughs> I try to answer with my best man voice.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: Which isn't very good, but I would... <laughs> or, I would use an accent.
0: G'day, mate. He's not here right now. <laughs>
2: Convincing.
0: I kind of want to. I kind of want to make that my uh, voicemail thing, now.
1: Oh my god!
0: Do it. Uh, so, so, since he's called the absolute jerk of directing, do you think we should not try to mess with him and be straightforward? Yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, we want to work again,
0: right? Yeah. I need you to get to the studio ASAP. The first scene starts in one hour, and I need you there to oversee that everything beforehand is right and on track. Before you go, I have a few questions, you tell your boss. Make it quick, you revolting excuse for a film producer. Smith snaps at you so loud from the other end, you feel your ears falling off. Okay, so we can ask what exactly should I be doing or nothing else, thanks. <laughs> Part of me wants to be assertive and just ask the question rather than being like sorry, sorry. Be I won't
1: assertive. B E assertive.
2: Yeah, I feel like we should know what we're doing. Like it would be helpful. Seems seems good to know. <laughs>
0: yes smith takes a breath before answering on the phone i'm going to need you to get to the studio asap once you get there just talk to jenny the set manager she should have everything if if if, if jenny has a talking part later jen i think you're gonna to need to do it okay she should have everything that you need to do once jenny gives you the list of things to do make sure you memorize every preferred action so that when we film the scenes, we don't have to call cut every time a cue is missed. I'll be at the studio soon, so make sure you get everything ready to go, Smith says to you before hanging up the phone. You hang up quickly, slip on your work clothes, get ready, and head out the door. As you start off toward the highway heading to the studio, you, are re- you recall your first interview with Smith. Cue flashback. <laughs> Okay, that's the sound effect I'm putting in. <laughs> Mr. Smith, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I believe that I have what it takes to help you produce the next big box office hit. Smith sat across from me, hands clasped together on his desk, his bright blue eyes staring at you like a wild animal on its prey. Please call me Jake or Smith. Mr. Smith is my father's name. <laughs> He sighs and grabs your resume from the side of his desk. Okay, you look good on paper, so what? Tell me your life story, John. All of the job interviews you have ever dealt with. uh, No one ever asked you that question before. Well, uh, good question, you stumble out as you grabbed my resume on the table. I'm originally from New York, but my parents like to move around a lot. All my life, I have lived in Chicago, Texas, Arizona, Nevada eventually here. I was never good at making too many friends since I always moved around so much. When my parents finally decided to stay in California, my father left my mother for some other woman. At the time, my dad was a traveling businessman. Turns out he was having an affairs with multiple women. We had to leave the state to get away from the drama since my mother was so embarrassed with the idea of an imperfect marriage. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, John Smith tensed slightly And then turned in his chair towards his maker's mark He grabbed the bottle As well as two shot glasses Do you drink, John? He asked curiously You shift uncomfortably in your seat I'll take one Good, because I have an announcement to make I'm hiring you to be my new producer for my next film He poured the whiskey into the glasses And handed me one Congratulations, kid, and welcome to my world. And one more thing, don't lie to me ever again.
1: What?
0: Hmm. Smith saw right through your sad story. Of course, none of it was true, except for the part about living in California your whole life. In Hollywood, the only way you can ever get yourself seen is through lying, cheating, and manipulation. It got you the job for your last box office hit. This is going... To be a good partnership, he says, and then raises his glass to the next Oscar for The Monsters Within. You both down your glasses of whiskey. Beep. You shake your head back to reality and brake. Your car almost hit a truck in front of you. Quickly, you flip my turn signal on (laughs) and change lanes to one without as much traffic.
1: How is he moving on the freeway? (laughs)
0: yeah this is hollywood it's a a fictional story like
1: i drive to hollywood every week it's terrible
0: nobody moves
1: no one wins
0: okay so let's go to the studio before you drive into the studio terry a police officer greets you good morning john terry says in a happy tone how are you today terry has been part of studio five for years he was an african-american Oh, she? sorry. She... Thank you. She... I was going to say... Because he was an African-American woman? He, he, Well, hey, you can be whatever you want. In I'm God. a good judge. That too. She was an African-American woman with a big body and an even bigger personality. She was very friendly, but if you dared to cross her, she would eat you for breakfast. You never had any problems with her, but you've heard stories of Terry getting into fights and winning against teenagers or gangsters who would trespass the studio lot so she asks how we're doing today should we say fine thanks or I could be better
2: I feel like fine thanks is I mean we're on a we're in a hurry right like we don't want to get locked into some sort of long conversation
1: yeah we better get going because you know friendly Mm. ladies they like to
0: talk that's true That's good to hear. Anyway, the studio is really busy today. Here's your studio pass. Terry tells you in a happy tone. Have a good day, John. So we have a studio map, which is a list of texts, not an actual map. But you listeners can imagine a map in your brain. So we have area one, which is a set of the monsters within scenes. Um, We have area two, which is a soundstage. Area three, special effects area. Area four, lights, balcony. And area five, dressing room. So which of those five areas should we go to?
1: Oh, we need to talk to Jenny.
0: Oh, who is she again? Like fraction assistant or something?
1: Lady?
2: I think he said she was on the set, yeah. So
0: we should go to area one, set the monsters within scenes? I think so. Yes. Okay. You walk into the huge studio building and notice a beautiful new outside area filled with a parking lot, tables, and chairs, a giant zen garden, and even snack shops. Jeez. You enter the studio lobby, a place that is centrally located within Studio 5. There's also a few groups of construction workers fixing and combining certain areas of the set. After flashing your ID to a security device, you enter Area 1, the set of Monsters Within. Upon walking inside, you notice Jenny, the manager, talking on her cell phone in the near distance. You also see Devin, your producing partner, eating by the snack table. So we can either talk to Jenny, talk to Devin, or head back to the studio map.
1: Our partner seems useless.
0: (laughs) So I guess we should talk to Jenny, because that's why we came here, right? Yep. All
2: right.
0: All right. Hey, John, Jenny calls out to you from the studio entrance. You quickly walk over to her. So we can say, how are you today? We can say about the things I need to do, dot, dot, dot. We can say, I think I'm ready to shoot the scene. Or we can say, see you soon. Which I guess implies leaving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We better find out what we need to do.
0: Yes. I'm going to need you to head over to the areas around the studio and pick up the correct information regarding the scene we are about to film. Asks the, expert, ask the experts about the certain specifications that must be applied for each scene so that when we get to filming, we have the right cues each time. You know how Smith can get when we get the cues wrong. Come back to me when you have that done.
2: Could that have been more vague? <laughs> Go everywhere so possible and do, get the correct things. Dudes.
0: Okay, so we have the options to say things to her again, which includes see you soon. Should we just leave and talk to other people, I guess? I guess so. Or we could also say, How are you today? Although I don't know if we really care. So if will probably just say, Hi, Bithy.
2: Probably. <laughs>
0: And we don't want to say, I think I'm ready to shoot this scene. That's probably what we click on.
1: Oh, we come back. absolutely not. We have no <laughs> idea what we're doing.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, let's let's say, see you soon. So we can talk to Devin or we'll head back to the map. Talking to Devin actually might be a good idea.
1: Okay. Sure. Let's talk to this Devin character.
0: You walk over to Devin, who seems to be tasting a chocolate covered donut. Damn, I want that now. <laughs> Bastard. Where's, where's my buddy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's my buddy. What's up, John? He asks you. Uh, you haven't known Devin for very long. The last time you met him was about a week before you decided to film the first few scenes. He loves to brown nose all the time. He also has an obsession with food, which is ironic considering how he looks like a playgirl supermodel most of the time. <laughs> Whoa! So we can say how's the food? We can say about the film cues or see ya. I assume film cues is the most valuable information. Yeah,
2: yeah. Fuck his food.
0: (laughs) Jenny's got you working the film cues, huh? Well, that's really simple. Just head on over to each of the different studio areas and get the information about which equipment we're going to use for each of the scenes. Once you think you know everything, let Jenny know so that we can start filming. Okay, so that's basically the same thing that she told us. Yep. Alright, let's go back to the map. So we can go to the soundstage, the special effects area, the lights, balcony, or the dressing room. And I guess we're going to need to go to all five. I'm yep. guessing so. Um, should we just do them in order, I guess? Yep, So I guess area two. The sound The soundstage. Ooh! You guys ready to make some sounds? You approach the soundstage, hoping a sudden blast of music or crazy sound effect doesn't make you go deaf. The soundstage itself is a large area above the actual set of the film, overlooking Area 1. Inside the vast room is a lot of bulky machines and large glass windows where you can see Jenny busily talking to the construction workers. You see Danny, the sound expert, busily turning the knobs of one of the bulky machines. Good morning, John, Danny says as he looks up from the large speaker. Anything I can help you with? Danny asks curiously. The current audio cue, let's see. Danny steps up from his seat and walks over to a clipboard. The audio cues for scene one are as follows. A sound of glass falling on the floor, and then a girl screaming. He tells you and walks back to the machine. Anything else? So now we just say no, thanks. Mm-hmm. So if I remember correctly, I believe the author told uh, told me that we're this is there's a lot of like remembering to do with this story.
2: I have a oh, notepad no. open,
0: um, remembering information that people give us and then using it later. So oh, crap, you listeners can help us remember. The audio cues, which are a sound of glass falling on the floor, followed by a girl screaming.
1: So, clink and ah. Yes. (laughs) Okay, got it.
0: So, that's all there is to do here. Let's go to area three, special effects area. Actually, it should be special effects area, not special affects area. Uh, Mm -hmm. Note to the author there. Oh, but on the actual page itself, it spells it correctly. I'll stop being an asshole. (laughs) As you step into the special effects room, you notice a huge setup of computers all around Anthony, the special effects expert, sitting in a black leather chair. Each of the computers seem to have different animations playing all at once. Anthony turns around in his black leather chair and greets you. Make it quick, I got a lot of things to do before the scene starts, he says to you in an impatient tone special effects cues I believe there's a blood splatter effect on the floor at the end of the scene okay so that's all he gives us
1: that makes sense so
0: a blood splatter at the end
2: it is a horror movie Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're a horror movie
2: I am a horror movie
0: (laughs) so area four the lights balcony You decide to take a quick climb up to the lights balcony. At the top of the balcony, you notice that you're about two or so stories off the ground. You see Angelina, the light director, fixing a pair of flickering lights. What can I do for you, John? Angelina asks as she shakes the flickering lights. You can tell she's not very fond of them. Uh, So we ask her for the cues for the lights. I believe there's a dim of black lights in the beginning, and then a fade in of white lights toward the end. Okay. Okay. So, a dim of black lights at the beginning, fade in of white lights at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last area, area five, the dressing room. The dressing rooms are filled with makeup artists and clothes designers. In the near distance, you see the two main actors, Darlene and Jim, getting ready for the scene. You pass some long hallways, each with their own sign on the door. Today happens to be a crazy day for the makeup artists and designers. On your way to the dressing room, you hear that this scene is supposed to be the most gruesome of them all. How intense. At the moment of your arrival, Darlene turns around from her makeup chair. Hey, John, I'm so ready for this scene. I can't wait to get on set. Jim, at the other side of Darlene, breaks a small laugh. Darlene, you're forgetting who the real main character is. That was really uncalled for. That's not a real response to what she just said. Yeah. So then we ask, do you guys know anything about the cues? Darlene picks up her script from the side and skims through it. Hmm, my script doesn't have the cues. You should go see the experts in the different areas about it. Do you have the cues, Jim? I memorized the script last week. I don't have it with me, Jim claims arrogantly. Don't mind him, Darlene tells you. So they were useless.
2: Wow. Actors. Yeah. Worthless. Asshole actors.
0: Okay, so it sounds like we got cues from three different places. Yeah. So now we can go back to Jenny. Jenny.
2: Jenny! Jenny!
0: Uh, I forgot also when we talked to Jenny. It was supposed to be you, Jen, but.
1: It's okay! It's okay. You're doing good.
0: You, do you tell Jenny that you're ready to shoot the first scene of the film. So you think you have all the cues down and ready to go? Because you and me both know that Smith doesn't like starting over for silly cue mishaps, Jenny warns you.
2: Fuck what Smith likes.
0: I wish that's what the link said, but it just <laughs> okay. says I'm ready. But we'll pretend it said says that. Alright, scene one, the monsters within. Lights online and ready. Special effects online and ready. Cameras, sound, and donuts. Donuts. Everything's good.
1: Eaten and ready for more.
0: In bed.
2: Yeah, that got dirty fast. <laughs>
0: The studio that was once a huge bustling area filled with stressed workers and stage managers is now the quiet and ready studio to shoot scene one. Uh, you quickly grab a chair next to Smith and Jenny. As you sit down, Jenny nudges you on the shoulder. Here's the earpiece so you can tell each of the areas what and when to cue. Don't mess it up. You take an earpiece and quickly place it in your ear. What, so wait, so what role are we? Are we a producer?
2: Yes. yes.
0: Cuz I feel like everyone's like we we really don't know what we're doing considering we're a producer. <laughs> like isn't the producer the one that like keeps everything together?
1: I guess we're still learning. And the producer like throws in the money.
0: Yeah. But doesn't he or she also like do a lot of organizing too? Uh... Maybe, Maybe it's just money.
2: Producers yes, are sort of supposed to usually make sure they that they throw that all
1: up.
0: on the PA, the producer's yeah. assistant. That's true. Oh, well. So the point is, we don't know what we're doing, but thankfully we have people being patient, huh. telling us what to do. The scene should be starting in a few minutes, Smith tells you as he looks over to his clipboard to read the script. Darlene and Jim, the two main actors of the first scene, approach the set ready to be filmed everybody ready smith yells out to the workers around the studio ready everyone yells back in unison all right action darlene and jim burst through the bedroom door and close it as quickly as possible what was that thing darlene asks in a shaken up tone of voice it looked like one of those monsters that you read in a book remember jim concluded Also, I'm not even trying to read these in an acting-type voice. I realize it sounds like shit. (laughs) If they were acting in this voice, I think they would be fired. Impossible, Darlene shouts as she walks over to the window. The storm is getting worse, Darlene says, her voice, voice trailing off. Then suddenly, a loud burst of thunder is heard in the hotel room. Smith nudges you, indicating it's time for the light cue. So we can dim the blue lights, we can dim the black lights... Dim the white lights or dim all lights? Black lights. Black lights? Yay for listening. You quickly tell the light people to dim the black lights. They respond to the scene instantly. Good job, Smith, whispers to you. Quickly, you turn back to the scene. I can't see a thing in here, Darlene shouts out to Jim in a nervous tone. The sound of rain hitting against the window pane uh, sends shivers down your spine. Darlene, I think the monster is in the room. Smith nudges you again. Time for the second cue. So we can cue Jim scream, cue Darlene scream, cue monster scream, or cue lightning screech. <laughs> this doesn't sound familiar.
2: A, what the hell is a lightning okay, screech?
1: Okay. Here's the problem. <laughs> we were told it was glass, and then women scream.
0: At the end of the scene. Yeah.
1: But I think it's gonna be scream and then glass.
0: I see. So it's Darlene's scream then? Yeah.
2: Okay. Though at this point this, we don't that, know the sex. The sound sex cue the one
1: was glass and then scream. But I think
2: Right.
0: You have a good point though, Eric. We don't know the sex of the monster. So yeah, could be oh, baby.
2: that but... could be a lady scream.
0: You could be a lady in bed. <laughs> Sorry, Jen, I'm taking all of your. I know
1: <laughs> you are.
2: You're taking all of her in bed. He is. <laughs> well, we won't talk about that on the show,
0: listeners. <laughs> um, so that's for cu- after. Yeah, that's for the after show. Um, cue Darlene scream. You quickly tell Darlene to cue her scream. She instantly shouts out a long and really believable scream and then drops a large glass cup on the ground. Sounding good, Smith whispers to you. You turn around to view the scene. Darlene, are you okay? Jim shouts out from the darkness of the room. Darlene? Smith nudges you once again. Time for the next cue. So we can fade the black lights, fade the blue lights, fade the white lights, or fade the red lights. Also lights. it's the white, white lights. lights right Also why is he if they're acting why is he calling out to her name like her real name not her act like her character name cuz she's been Maybe murdered Her
1: character name is the same
0: uh, That's the only explanation I could think of <laughs> All right let's fade the white lights You quickly tell the lights people to cue the white lights Instantly, the room is filled with a white blur of light. To your dismay, the lights around the room begin to flicker. A loud bang is heard, and the studio is swept by darkness. Cut! Someone get a repairman in here to fix these lights, Smith shouts out loud. A few minutes pass, and nothing happens. Then suddenly, the lights instantly turn back on, revealing the two red corpses of Darlene and Jim, brutally murdered. Everyone begins to clap for the two actors. (laughs) Some people even take their cameras out to snap the scene.
1: Yeah, well, it is Hollywood.
0: <laughs> Great job, Smith shouts to the two actors. This movie deserves an Oscar. The audience roars even louder. What? The audience? You mean like the crew?
2: Yeah, I guess. must be.
0: Unless it was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Uh, the, the, the roars even louder at the two actors to get up, but they lie still motionless. Darlene, Jim, so now we're going on to chapter two, The Discovery. They're dead.
1: Oh, no.
0: (laughs) The voices of several nervous and terrified crew members filled the vast studio room. The two dead corpses of Darlene and Jim lay lifeless on the wooden set floor. You feel a small shiver tingle down your spine as you glance at what was once the scene of a horror film is now the scene of a crime. In the near distance, you notice Jenny on her cell phone, probably trying to call the police. Every few seconds, she tries to wave the phone in the air, trying to get reception, maybe? Uh, At the other side of the room, you see Smith trying to regulate the crew. At a table near you, a radio on the weather station can be heard. Uh, Good morning, folks. Unfortunately, the weather outside in California will not be very ideal. A massive hurricane will be passing through the area for the uh, next several long hours. What? Please try to remain calm and seek the proper shelter to stay safe. The storm has already begun very dreadfully. This must have been written before the drought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hear static. Phone lines are down. You hear more static until the radio completely dies out. Um...
1: There is no such thing as hurricanes here. It's a story. I know. He's also
0: driving on the freeway.
1: (laughs) Is says sitting?
0: Yes. We have to suspend some belief here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Let's see. Along the other side of the room, you notice some of the crew members trying to open the large studio doors to leave. In seconds, they manage to open the door. Outside, you notice very quickly the dangerous and vivid storm. Trees and cars are being pelted in the air like leaves in the wind. Quickly, you watch the crew members struggle to close the open doors.
1: Dude, it's Sharknado.
2: (laughs) Sharknado!
0: Uh, It doesn't take very long until everyone in the studio is quiet or or whispering. You glance at many of the people, whom all seem to be glancing at Smith. Reluctantly, Smith gets up and speaks before the terrified crowd. I'm just a movie director. I can't help you guys. We're all going to die.
1: You watch as he
0: runs off into a corner of the studio. Directors. Directors. Jenny, the studio manager, steps up. There's no need to be wild or jump to hasty conclusions. We are currently working on the situation and we will all get out of here alive and safe. Jenny looks to you. John, could you help me out? So, is Jenny right, or is Smith right?
2: (laughs) I have always wanted to tell a large group of people that we're all going to die, but that does not seem like the prudent course.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do we want to be good people and say the truth, or do we want to be terrible people and incite panic?
0: I think we should be good people and tell the truth that they're all gonna die <laughs> um just, i g i mean I know Jenny is i for storytelling purposes, I assume Jenny's right, yeah, as yeah. much as I want to say that Smith is right, but we'll go with Jenny, I guess let's go with Jenny
1: Jenny. <laughs>
0: You quickly reassure the crew with the help of Jenny and manage to get them all settled in the studio lobby. Thanks,
2: John, she says to you.
1: Well, John's getting laid. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Back at the studio set, Jenny and you head to the murderous site. The two bodies were faced looking towards the floor. Near their heads, you notice two holes of pouring blood. They were shot, Maybe. How come you did not hear the gunshots? I tried to call the police, Jenny, remarks, but I couldn't get a signal. This huge storm must have knocked out all the phone lines. I doubt the real killer would have would leave considering these conditions. So I'm guessing it's one of us. OK, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now, it's Jenny. <laughs> That's my theory. Um, What about Terry? You ask her thinking that the on-site police could help. I tried her first. She's on the other side of the studio and can't get here in this harsh weather. We're on our own, John. Taking a quick breath, she walks over to her clipboard and then back to you. Take this clipboard, John. It's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> Take this. JK. Um. It's obvious that you... It's obvious that you and didn't do it. Go around and ask the experts about their whereabouts during the time the murder took place and see if they make sense. While you do that, I'm going to make sure the rest of the crew stays calm until we can figure this out. So we can ask, what if I need help? We can say, once I find the alibis, what do I do next? Or we can say, I'll do the best I can.
2: Oh my god, it's totally Jenny. Huh? She's giving you responsibility so that you'll feel good that she trusts you and you won't even think about whether or not. She's trustworthy and she set you up in a situation where you won't ask her her alibi.
1: Mm. <laughs> we jennies wow. are devious.
2: Yes, all all jennies. Right? All jennies
0: are murderous. Damn it, Jen, are
2: you colluding? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: gosh. So should we say, what if I need... I I feel like we should probably ask these other questions first. Sure. Just for... I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. We might as well. What if I need help, Jenny? Just ask Devin if you need help. He is your producing partner. He's probably still testing out some more of the food near the set if you need him.
1: I think John is a Gump.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. So, let's see. Once I find the alibis, what do I do next? After you find and prove each of the alibis, come and talk to me so we can get things straightened. Hopefully, people around here will be forthcoming with their sides of the story. Thanks, John. I knew I could count on you, Jenny smiles, takes a quick turn, and heads to the studio lobby.
2: Thank you for okay. helping me cover my murder. Here's your complimentary blowjob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the empty studio set seems very eerie to you as you glance at the two bizarre murdered bodies. You can't help but feel a tingling sensation in your spine, almost as if the real killer would jump out at you at any minute. You hear Devin chomping on what sounds like potato chips in the other room bordering the studio set. I like that we can hear him. Not only we can hear him from the, a neighboring room, but we can tell what he's chewing on. Right? He's a very loud ear. Uh-huh. So we can, look, we can glance at the clipboard, talk to Devin, or investigate the studio.
2: I want to glance at the clipboard. I want to sh- see if she's got murder, 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 murder.
0: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Maybe she put her number down so we can call her later. (laughs) Let's see. Monsters Within, characters for scene one. Darlene, Jim. Script scene one. Blah blah blah. Murder notes. Darlene and Jim were found murdered side by side. Upon further inspection, it looks like the killer used a firearm. Given the gunshot wounds on their heads, Darlene and Jim died instantly. So it sounds like it was gunshot wounds or something.
1: Mm. Talk. To,
0: should we talk to Devin or investigate the studio?
1: Let's investigate, Devin's useless. <laughs> he's just eating.
0: Maybe
2: he's eating the evidence. He made a big gun out of potato chips.
0: Yeah. So we can investigate the soundstage, the special Special effects area, the lights balcony, the dressing room, or the studio lobby. I guess just all Mm. of them in order? Let's do reverse order this time. Okay. In the studio lobby, you notice a large group of people talking, sitting, or aimlessly walking around. You see Jenny in the middle of it all, sitting at the studio front desk, trying to regulate everyone. The studio lobby is quite large... At the center of the room is a circular front desk where Jenny is, and all around the sides are the various entrances to the different studio areas. You can also hear the hurricane outside pounding its way through the ceiling. So we can glance at the clipboard, talk to Jenny, or investigate the studio. I don't
2: think there's any reason to talk to Jenny yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, so this is where we come at the end. I
2: guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so.
0: Um, so let's go to area five, the dressing room. What was once the busy and bustling dressing room for scene one is now the dark and gloomy dressing room of what was of what once was Darlene and Jim's. You walk up to Darlene and Jim's tables to see all their various things. So put on a dress.
2: Where's that option?
0: (laughs) Well, the closest option to that would be look at Darlene's table.
2: I feel like we should look pretty as we investigate this murder.
0: Okay. Because, you know, it's
1: important.
2: It is. This is Hollywood, goddamn.
1: Also important if we get murdered. (laughs) Because if you're going to get murdered and some coroner dude is going to be taking off your clothes, you better be wearing your nice shit like that whole thing about always um wearing clean underwear before going on a plane in case you crash.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> your parents didn't never tell you that. that. I've never heard that.
1: Mine did.
2: Never understood you know, that. Cuz
1: you know you want the the people who are looking at your dead body to have a good impression of your
0: hygiene.
2: How gross is your dirty underwear? <laughs> like,
0: my question is the opposite. Clear. Like, why wouldn't you wear clean underwear?
1: Some nice underwear, like not just clean, but like nice. Like, you Some wouldn't want to wear you, like your ripped up underwear.
2: I never wear underwear, and I when I fly, just <laughs> in case they decide to like search me, because fuck them, they can look at my pants. <laughs> That's your punishment for this bullshit.
1: <laughs> Do you get randomly selected often, Eric?
2: I've only oh, it's been not randomly selected once.
1: And that was enough. You're just like, never again.
2: Yeah, fuck that.
0: Oh, gosh. So let's look at Darlene's table. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've had our little educational area of the show. Uh, on Darlene's table, you notice a series of flowers boxes of chocolates and of course her purse. Well, you know what we got to do. We we got to look into Darlene's purse. Yeah, we do. You look into L- Darlene's purse to discover a threatening note in all caps, "Jim is cheating on you." Darlene was being warned by someone apparently. Upon further inspection, you find another note also in all caps, "Leave Jim or else or leave Jim or else." It looks like Darlene was getting threats from someone.
1: Damn. Ooh.
0: Maybe it's from Jim and he doesn't know yeah. how to tell her <laughs> that he wants to leave her.
2: <laughs> that is the most bullshit chicken shit way to get out of a relationship.
1: <laughs> now listeners. <laughs> Don't do it.
2: Don't do it. At least like break up by text message.
1: At the very least. You'll still be an asshole. But you won't be as much of an asshole as this.
0: This is the one case where texting is actually the better option. (laughs) Um, Let's look at Jim's table. Uh, On Jim's table, you notice a series of basic makeup materials as well as his wallet and cell phone. I mean, how often do you get to look through like a celebrity's cell phone? Right?
1: Not often.
0: In his recent calls history section... You notice that all of his recent records, text messages, and voicemails have been deleted. Only a few minutes ago. Something is odd, you conclude.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater.
0: You decide to look through Jim's wallet. Inside Jim's wallet, you see various bills, credit cards, and a picture of him and Darlene together at a restaurant. Jim and Darlene were dating, maybe?
1: Clearly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you got to be dating someone before they can be cheating on you, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Unless Jim just has no understanding of how these things work.
1: Well, I mean, that's possible. He's an actor in Hollywood.
0: (laughs) Shall we go to the lights balcony now in Area 4? You decide to take a quick climb up to the lights balcony again. At the top of the balcony, you notice that you're about two or so stories off the ground from the scene where Darlene and Jim were murdered. You see Angelina, the light director, staring down at the two murdered bodies. Next to her is the broken light fixture that she was shaking earlier. The same light fixture that caused the entire scene to go out. So we can interrogate Angelina or look at the broken light.
1: Well, we gotta do them both.
0: Okay, let's just interrogate Angelina then. Alright. Hello, John, Angelina says, and then trails off. She seems to look very traumatized from the situation. So we have lots of options here. How are you holding up? Where were you during the time the scene was shot? Did you know Darlene or Jim really well? Or about the broken light?
2: Start at the top.
1: Start at the top.
2: Move your way down to the bottom, baby.
0: So we ask her how she's holding up. I'm still a little shaken up from the murder. She trails off again. Where were you during the time the scene was shot? During the shot, I was up here fixing the lights on your cues. Angelina exclaims as she takes her stare away from the bodies. Yeah, I kind of feel like we already knew that. Did you know Darlene or Jim really well? Jim and I were friends, Uh-huh. but I didn't know Darlene, she says as she looks down at the two bodies again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So she was the other woman? Maybe.
1: It's possible. I mean, Jim could have lots of other women. You don't know.
0: About the broken light. That light was really annoying me, Angelina says in a loud tone. Don't you find it coincidental that my light goes out at around the same time they got murdered? Whoever did it obviously had access to this area, quickly climbed down, and then killed them, she exclaims. So what exactly happened to the light?
2: Then why would you not see them? Yeah.
0: Someone must have kicked it, because there's a huge dent around the side of it. Angelina says as she picks up the broken light, shows you, and puts it back down again. Okay. Okay. So that's everything we can ask from her. Let's look at the broken light now. Mm -hmm. You look at the broken light. Around the side, you see a huge dent that obviously could not have been put there without force. So that's it for that. Uh, Let's go to area three, special effects. As you step into the special effects room, you notice the same huge setup of computers all around Anthony, the special effects expert, sitting in a black leather chair. Next to the computers and desk, you notice a huge cabinet with a keyhole in the center mounted on the wall. Each of the several computers seems to be playing the scene animation of the glass falling on the floor over and over again. Next to Anthony on his desk, you see a pair of keys with a blue dolphin at the edge of them. So we can interrogate Anthony or watch the animation.
1: Let's interrogate him.
0: All right. Cause it's- Hi John, I can't believe what happened earlier. If there's anything I can do, let me know. We ought to get to the bottom of this sooner or later, Anthony remarks to you. What's with the animation on the screens? Check this out, Anthony points to one of the upper computer screens playing a glass falling animation. This animation shows the special effect of the glass shattering by Darlene. At the end of the animation, a white blur can be seen in the far upper corner of the screen. Anthony then points to another computer below the first one he showed you. This computer shows how the scene should have taken place, but at the end there's no white blur. That means someone must have done something to cause the shot to look white. So you think the blur is the murderer? Well, I know for sure. That it's not a mistake in the animation that's for sure unfortunately the blur in the animation is too bright to recognize who or what cast caused it so I suggest checking out the crime scene for clues Anthony concludes hmm where were you while we shot the scene Anthony moves slightly in his chair I was here making sure the animation was correctly working the entire time throughout the scene <laughs> Look, it's a three-headed monkey. Anthony turns around to look at the computer screen, giving you the chance to snatch his keys. You snatch them successfully. "Ha ha, good one," Anthony jokes and then turns Is to his computer again. "Good
1: one. These people are idiots."
0: Using the keys on the locked cabinet, you open it to find a series of old computer wires, various pieces of crumpled paper, and candy wrappers, a calendar dated two years ago, and a series of denied salary requests from Anthony to Smith dated a few weeks ago. Um, So does Anthony not notice us opening his cabinet with his keys? Oh, I should just keep reading the next fucking sentence. (laughs) Hey, how did you get that opened? Anthony asks you angrily. I'll pay attention next time. So we can say, oh, look, at the time, I gotta go. <laughs> or, were you trying to get a raise from Smith a few weeks back? I think now is the time for accusations.
1: Accusations! j'accuse
0: j'accuse The Korndorf way. <laughs> Anthony makes a small sigh. This isn't what it looks like. I didn't murder anyone. <laughs> He says in a nervous tone. Then what is it? A few weeks ago, I tried asking Smith for a raise because I've been due for one for quite some time. When he rejected my raise request, I was angry for quite some time, but I didn't kill anyone. You have to believe me, Anthony shouts. I need to question more people first. I didn't kill Darlene and Jim, John. I know this paper might be slightly incriminating, but it wasn't me. You turn around and leave Anthony alone. Wasn't he requesting it from Smith, though? Yeah. And Smith isn't dead. Right. So, why would killing the actors help that situation at all?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm
0: not sure how it would. So, I'm thinking he's just being panicky. It
2: kind and of seems like it.
0: And yeah. he's not the murderer because we know that Jenny's the murderer.
1: Jenny. <laughs>
0: So let's go to the last area, Area 2, which is the soundstage. The soundstage itself is quite a large area above the actual set of the film, overlooking Area 1. Inside the vast room is a lot of bulky machines and large glass windows where you can see Smith in the fetal position at a corner of the building. You do not see Danny in the room, But you do see his jacket lying nearer one of the knobs he was turning earlier before the scene started. So let's look inside the jacket.
1: Hell yeah.
0: You decide to look into the jacket. Inside the outside pockets, you notice a piece of folded paper. Inside the paper, you see a typed message addressing Danny. Danny, the plan is working out perfectly. Let's just hope all goes as planned today during the first scene. There's no return name. Upon putting the note back, you discover a video camera of the entire first scene inside the jack po- jacket pocket.
1: Well, Danny's clearly clearly a suspect.
0: Before you can press play, you hear footsteps and quickly put the items back into the jacket. So there's nothing else we can do here.
2: We can't interrogate Smith?
0: No... Guess so. If in area one no? Oh we I never mean, had... I
1: guess we could talk to Devin.
0: Yeah, let's just do it for <laughs> sake of completion. You walk into the snack room to see Devin chomping on what looks like barbecue potato chips and drinking a Pepsi. The snack room is quite small with only a few tables and chairs. A long table with several snacks and a mini kitchen. How can I help you, dude? he asks as he takes more and more handfuls <laughs> of <laughs> chips and stuff them into a Dude, do these chips. So we can say, how can you be so calm about this, or I need help.
1: How can you be so calm about this?
0: Someone's gotta be the one that's carefree, and frankly, why not just add some food into the mix? Oh, the food here is pretty good. Devin, gra- Devin grabs another handful of potato chips.
1: Potato chips are only so good.
0: Yeah. Most of like, potatoes.
2: I feel like maybe Devin has like a problem. Like, With eating? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so far he's being just as useless as we were suspecting. <laughs> <laughs> so if we say, I need help, he says, how can the hint master help you? Devin jokes. Let's say, I can't figure out how to open the cabinet. Wait, what? We've already opened, oh, we we already already opened, opened it, it, though. Or we can say, how do I find the answers to Jenny's questions? Which is probably just going to say, we'll go talk to people. Yeah. Okay, yep. I'm not even going to bother reading those. Okay, so it looks like we've gone everywhere. So should we go back to Studios or area six studio lobby and talk to Jenny? I guess so. Hey John, I'm a little busy right now, so take So make this quick Did you find any information On the murder? I found a lot of information Or, how are you holding up? Or, not
2: yet, I'll get right to it Who cares how she's holding up? She's a heartless murderer But yeah.
0: If we want to just Keep on her good side And show her that we care Before things move forward later, should we ask about how she's doing?
1: Probably. So we can get laid.
0: (laughs) Well, we have enough food to last us quite a while in this storm, although we may have to hide some of it from Devin. (laughs) Jenny jokes. I just hope this hurricane lets out soon enough so that we can get out of here and call the police. So let's say we found a lot of information. You did, Jenny exclaims curiously. What did you find? In this segment, you must try to remember the different pieces of information that you discovered at each of the areas and relay that information to Jenny. Are
2: you ready? Shh. We are prepared. All right.
0: Yes. We got this. Our bodies are ready. Oh, yeah. For are. investigation. <laughs> so at the beginning, before I went snooping, what did I discover on the bodies of Darlene and Jim, you think to yourself. Um, well, those are gunshot gun- wounds. Gunshot wounds. Going to the soundstage, I did notice that Danny was not there. Instead, I find... His jacket. Brown jacket. Jacket. When looking inside the brown jacket, I found... The
1: letter in the camera.
2: I wish it had been a key and a dagger, though. That would
0: have been (laughs) When I was in Anthony's special effects room, I noticed an animation playing on his computer. What was the animation playing on his computer? A glass falling on the floor. I also noticed a cabinet that could only be opened via a key. After going through the trouble of getting the keys, I managed to find... A request for a raise. Although we didn't go through too much trouble getting the keys. It was a lot easier <laughs> than we thought. After confronting Anthony about the salary raise request, he told me that he was in the special effects room the entire time. He even shows me an odd effect that couldn't have been in the animation. What was the odd effect? The
1: white light blur.
0: The animation of the white blur of light indicated that the murder weapon may as well have been the gun. I then decided to head over to the light stage. I talked briefly briefly to Angelina, and she showed me the broken light. What was broken about it? The, the dent. Dent. After briefly looking at the broken light dent, Angelina had said that the person had, that committed the crime obviously had to have access to the lights area, but also had enough time to climb down and kill Darlene and Jim. She also tells me her alibi. On the light stage, uh, I then decided to head over to the dressing rooms. Looking at Jim's table, I found two, noticeable, two notable items. They were...
1: Uh, the wallet and the phone.
0: Once looking into the cell phone, I noticed that all the messages and voicemails were recently erased. Someone obviously didn't want anyone else to see them. In the wallet, I found a picture of Darlene and Jim. They must have been dating. On Darlene's table, I saw her purse, but inside of her purse, I found the note. I quickly read the threatening note. It was a warning for Darlene to stop dating Jim. At that moment, at that point, I had realized that the culprit of the crime must have been jealous, a jealous ex of Jim, or a jealous ex of Darlene, which could be anyone in the studio. (laughs) Oh, So we need to figure out who was dating Darlene or Jim before they broke up and started dating each other, Jenny exclaims, in an excited tone. Oh yeah, wasn't she the one who had a history with...
1: I don't know. I
0: don't remember. Somebody did. Just as quickly, a large bolt of thunder can be heard from outside. The ceiling lights above you begin to flicker and instantly they go out, sweeping the room with a vast darkness. So, listeners, we've gone through the first two chapters of the story. Um, we've been going a while though, so I think we're going to stop for tonight um, before I move on to chapter three. Um, I'm tired of reading, also. That's another reason to stop. But um, I think we can, I'll save our progress here so we can come back straight to it. Good. Next yeah. time. So once again, um, that was a mystery-slash-puzzle story called Studio 5 um, by AppDude27. You can play that yourself on ChooseYourStory.com. If you have other stories you want to recommend to us, although we can't do it immediately because we've got to continue this one, but after this story, if you have one you want us to play, tell us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast, or you can search for the Go Your Own Way podcast on iTunes and subscribe to us there. Or you can find us on overmental.com. Woo! Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Until next time. But yeah, still think it's Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's Jenny Jenny's are devious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 bye.
0: For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit overmental.com. Thanks for listening.